up, everybody? Welcome to the Screencast. I'm Sean DeRager. With me, uh, as always, my heterosexual life partner, Brad F. Henderson. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> and uh, and also with us, the 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 lady that outclasses everyone that's on the show, Stephanie Crawford. Hey. Oh. Dude, Barbara Crampton's been on this show. Don't lie to people. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I think, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you know? see, so you have to backtrack now. I'm not going to backtrack, all... Stephanie. You're, you're, I think you're more classy <laughs> than, than than Barbara Crampton. Whoa! Uh, we I are agree. canceled. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm out of here. I will not accept these outrageous you know, compliments. I, I think Barbara would agree. Right, Barbara? You know, I'll, I'll text her after the show. We're, you know. <laughs> Me and Barbara go way back. I'm just kidding. Back when my my kids were smaller, she liked the Instagram pictures, but now they're older and getting ugly. So, you know. Oh man, <laughs> gotta make some new ones. Those <laughs> likes. No, that's not gonna happen. Uh, anyway, so I guess we're doing the show. I guess this is becoming a regular thing, a little bit. Two in a row, Brad, and now Stephanie. Two, two in a show. row. So. And now we're back full force. <laughs> so uh the plan today is just to kind of uh, do a little catch up and talk about some shit that we've been watching and uh or whatever we want to talk about whatever we want to talk about right i i guess right i mean that's the thing stephanie when when brad and i discussed coming back we were like well let's not try to make this a thing no pressure we're just we like horror movies and horror stuff and we can talk about whatever you just talk about whatever's on your mind. And now that I'm in See, a I'm starting to get a little nervous with how. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, how about if I start and that way they'll break the ice? Okay. Is that okay with you, Sean? That's, sorry, I was taking a sip of my creamy. Sean sips. Sean sips. Um, Sean, Sean narrates. A little plug. Oh, God, head. please don't. <laughs> um, well, I, I'll start off by um, something that's non-movie related. Oh, man. Um, I posted about it earlier today. Is Oh, you froze. Uh, Damn. Duh. Huh? You froze a tiny second. Proceed. Okay. Do I? You want me to start over? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I picked up uh, Ed Brubaker's uh, Reckless. And um, so uh, I, I go through like spurts of reading comics. Like I'll do it for like two years hardcore and then I'll take a break for two years because I usually buy trades. Mm -hmm. So it takes a while for them to come out. And plus yeah. I want to pick up a couple because I read so quickly. Like, you know, I hate reading issues because it's literally like only like 10 pages. <laughs> so I wait for trades for the, you know, the collected series of like, you know, six or what I think it's usually five issues on a trade. Um, so, uh, but these I don't believe are trades or issues to begin with. This is just straight up books. So, um, if you're in the comic book world, Ed Brubaker is uh noted as one of the better writers when it comes to comics. He is helmed like Captain America, Kill or Be Killed, Criminal, Fatal. Uh, but his new thing is this book called Reckless, and um, I they're four books deep. Uh, so far I've read three of them. I have a fourth one on the way, just highly recommended for people that, um, 
are into the same sh- sort of shit that we are. And it's not, it's not superhero stuff. It's literally this dude who uh, has been through the ringer, has been through the shit, has worked for the government um, and was undercover for many years, has had multiple injuries and uh, just kind of like uh, kind of a knock around guy in a way. And uh, so the story starts with just him. Uh, there's uh, a phone number you can call if you have a problem and uh, you talk to this guy. And if he thinks it's something he's interested in and helping you with, uh, you pay him a bunch of money and he'll go handle it. Sounds so, like an um, ACDC song. What is it? Sounds like an ACDC song. Which part? Oh, what was it? Um, you know, the one is like, I'll be your back door man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Dirty deeds. Done yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if 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 uh if there's dirty needs dirty deeds that need to be done, he'll do them uh dirt dirt done cheap. Um <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of his like MO is that you have this phone number, you call it, you leave him a message. If he wants the job, he'll take it. So it could be you know beating the shit out of somebody, getting something back, maybe even killing somebody. If uh, you know, he he's not a bad guy, he is kind of a bad guy, but he's deserves to be dead that sort of thing uh so each book so far is more like an episode of his life it's not like a continuation it jumps around from the 70s to the 80s uh and every book is a story among just right in that frame of time uh but this guy like he owns like a run he lives in like a run down movie theater uh and he just watches movies and smokes pot pretty much all day like he runs film prints and then he'll get a phone call and it's like, Hey, uh, this guy's a piece of shit. I need you to beat the shit out of him. Uh, but he'll take like really odd jobs, just what kind of whatever appeals to him and it pays the bills for, you know, a few months, um, which most of this stuff like takes place in the seventies and eighties. So like 10 grand carries him a pretty long way. Um, so yeah, it's just it's a really well written. Uh, the characters are well rounded right out of the gate. Um, it mainly focuses on uh, the two kind of re- main reoccurring characters is uh, Ethan Reckless, who's the main dude, and then he has this assistant that's a teenager, uh, Anna, who basically takes the phone calls and runs the movie theater because the movie theater still runs as an operational movie theater uh, that plays like retro screenings and stuff. But it's really grimy and gritty, uh, very kind of, uh, you know, 60s, 70s-esque style, like, uh, of, like, film-wise. Like, if this was a movie, this would be something you would see. Um, But, yeah, it's authenticity of the time. And uh, and it's kind of cool because as soon as the story, and this really kind of comes to fruition in in the third book, is that Ethan's telling these stories now. Like, he's narrating his life now. So, obviously, he's in, I don't know what year he's telling these stories in, but he's already been through it. And he's, uh, and even though it's, you know, Brubaker telling a story, his character, Ethan's very good at (laughs) recollecting and telling these stories uh, in detail through his life. And it's just really funny. It's like, almost like he's writing the comic 
the the mean the late the, the lead character is writing the comic and writing the words like as he's going on that's what it feels like so uh it, it's it's pretty like immersive as 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 a story is being told in this comic so just it's really good uh, it's getting a lot of great reviews from numerous people um i know pat oswalt has uh, really endorsed it over the past like few months um it's selling out at, at comic book stores it's a little bit more on the expensive side uh because they're hardback books so they're um i think on amazon you can get the first book for like 14.99 but if you go to a comic book shop it's like 25 bucks like oh, yeah. what the what the price is on the hardcover amazon's obviously getting a really fucking good deal if they're only charging 15 dollars um but anyways yeah it's it's four books it looks like it's coming out like every four or five months so uh highly recommended if you're a comic book reader even if you don't read comic books it's just a really well-written story stories so big endorsement that sounds awesome i like brew baker a lot and yeah he's kind of a hard-boiled kind of guy he had a great run with catwoman and mm. kind of the earlier aughts that I, I really recommend. I think most people don't think of going straight to Catwoman, but trust me, he does it. Yeah, I mean, the stuff I've read from him, he's he's very good at crime and stuff like that, writing crime and, and kind of thrillers. Mm. Um, and he's really good at creating characters that you kind of fall in love with. Like within the first few pages, even though Ethan Reckless is kind of this piece of shit, uh, washed up piece of shit he's still trying to do good for all the bad that he's done um and you just automatically like him and, and the best way to describe it without using the superhero aspects it's like wade wilson meets um uh uh steve rogers like before their cap and before their deadpool He's like both of those mashed together. So he's kind of a shithead like Wade Wilson, but he does good like Steve Rogers wants to do. So awesome. Stephanie, what about you? I'm gonna have you go next. Uh <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to talk about now. Whatever you want. Yeah, it's supposed Look to be like up. organically done, Sean. You know, it's not around. <laughs> well, I mean, organic. you know, I'm just all right, fine. We can start talking about Halle Berry's Catwoman because Steph mentioned. <laughs> I, don't talk, I don't want to talk about Halle Berry's Catwoman. <laughs> no, but check it out. I did it with Darwin Cook back when he kind of uh, brought Catwoman, Catwoman back to being kind of noir style a little bit. It was cool. Um, okay, well, actually, so what I've been thinking about lately uh, are cannibals. <laughs> Oh. I kind of accidentally <laughs> fell into a cannibal mood with movies, of course, with film. Okay, I, I can see you guys and you both look nervous. I, I just want to make no, that I, clear. I had to clear my throat, so I muted my mic. That's what was going on with me. <laughs> I mean, no. I'm nervous um, because I'm afraid you're going to tell us that you have started eating people maybe <laughs> well, i'm certainly not going to admit that on a recording <laughs> so. okay we'll just we'll just talk about there it have been, there Go has ahead. been an increase in that of disappearances in, in the you know in the las vegas area i don't have to take these wild accusations <laughs> yeah. uh but 
got dark no, I, <laughs> I think the concept of cannibalism is one, you know, one of those gruesome, fascinating things you can kind of fall down an internet <laughs> rabbit hole with. But I, I never like uh, like the cannibal exploitation films, mm-hmm. mostly Italian. I, I mean, there's fun in them, but that's never been a subgenre. That's worked out for me. Good Lord, I have tried. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Like, I've watched a great deal of them. But, for like, it's just something that as soon as I hear the topic, I'm like, eh, okay. Yeah, and that's before you even uh, get into the animal cruelty aspect. So, it's a little bit of a wash. However... I recently uh, saw a movie I've been very curious about for years. It was actually my Netflix DVD queue for a while, but it's um, a Grim Love from 2010. Oh, one of the After Dark movies? Yeah, one of the uh, Fangoria Fright Fest movies. Oh, Fangoria. Okay, okay. I remember when that came out. That has, um, shit, who was it? Jenna Malone? No. No, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. That's I wasn't thinking about her, but okay. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that that's who I mean, I love Carrie. Carrie Russell's better than uh, Jenna Malone, but anyways, they're both great. But yeah, I, I'm a big Carrie Russell fan. So I just yeah. Didn't so speaking of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting to see Carrie Russell in a cannibal film. So I admittedly very curious about that, but. I've been uh, fascinated with the Armin Muse case in Germany, and that was the consensual cannibalism thing, where basically he was a member of a cannibal fetish site with a web forum, and you could post... like personal ads. And I think mostly it was people pretending to eat each other or just living out fantasies, but he seriously wanted to eat a man and he met a man who wanted to be eaten. And it was completely consensual. He recorded um, the man saying he was okay with being eaten. And uh, that's what happened. And uh, it, it's complicated because, you know, he ended up in prison and everything, but it was consensual. <laughs> and and it's just something I like to think about sometimes when I kind of roll kind of gray morality around in my brain, like how powerful is consent versus what you're actually consenting to. And I heard this movie uh, was based on it and it's a grim, like grim fairy tales spelling. And it is basically a reenactment. Uh, Carrie Russell is playing a college student. She's doing like a paper on it. And she actually travels to Germany and uh, she goes through all the records. She gets the mysterious VHS tape of the actual events that played out. Um, So even though she has cool black eyeliner, uh, she just kind of sits at the computer and reacts to things. They just keep cutting back to her. Um, as it's not really a romance, but it has kind of, it's often played as it's very tender. Uh, so interesting. It, it is like, it's, it's very sympathetic. It's You're very, talking me into it for sure. Yeah. It's, it's not like fasting. If you do want to see like nasty effects and like teeth in the flesh, it's not going to give that to you. But if you kind of, if that kind of psychology interests you, 
it it's literally the story played out. I don't really think they deviate except for that, like the VHS tape that Carrie Russell gets shows like everything, you know, that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, if that sounds interesting to you, it's pretty cheap on DVD. I doubt it'll get a Blu-ray, up, Blu-ray upgrade, but I've been surprised before. <laughs> and hey, then just to, this could be a television thing. We could hey, love it. Mm. Hey, get some cannibalism uh, experts on there, please. Yeah, be... no, no, it's, it's a fact. I remember uh, reading about that story. Um, but I, I don't re- recall, I mean, being that he went to prison, obviously the guy died. Uh, the guy who agreed to it? Yeah. I mean, he like, did he eat him completely? Yeah. No, he cut him apart. He uh, kept him in the fridge and just cooked him over time. So I guess. <laughs> he wanted to eat his penis with him. So. They that was like the meal they had together, but apparently the penis is too tough. Mm. It's not a good piece. And other can't there. Yeah, wow. there's. Well, you need to use a. Uh, there are cases. You need a pressure cooker for that. I've been yeah, watching Master no. Chef. I know what's up. <laughs> Cannibals <laughs> never recommend the penis in in uh, my research. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess I guess the question that I would have, and obviously we can't ask the guy. Is that so? Is the the gratification and the turn on because it was it sexual? Like, was he sexually like was 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 he was it a sexual thing? That's kind of part of the intrigue of the film because they're okay. both gay men. They they want to only have it be done with men. That's yeah. very specific, but they're not like. It's not it's like, over. It's, like it's like you're dead. So like, what does it matter? It would be different. Like if you were, you know, cooking your arm and still alive, watching someone eat it. Like, no, that... this is what obsesses me. Like you can get really deep. Into yeah. This, Cause um... like that, that, that's something, not that I could see it, but you know, it's it, at least it makes more sense because where's the gratification after you're dead? just knowing that someone's eating your body, but you're dead. So it doesn't really matter. Um, Depression and trauma does kind of factor into this. And that kind of collides with this idealization. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously more to it than just the sexual. Very intense. uh, Yeah. Eaten, But yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting concept, especially, but you also have to think like how much manipulation is done in those types of things. This is the same thing as manipulating anybody. To do anything is like oh i like this what about you oh i sort of do and then you you know groom them and coerce them into doing doing more and i guess that's kind of where that follows through even if they agree to it on camera what did you do to get there so yeah no it's incredibly interesting i i agree with that, but that goes for anything just not the can you uh do you want to hear the account of the penis eating <clears throat> are you gonna can you uh are you gonna do like a like a voice I- no, yeah, can you do a German voice. accent? No, 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 no. No, here we go. So um, I don't know how to, how to pronounce their names. Brandis initially insisted that Muse, like Jason Muse, uh, attempted to bite his penis off. That didn't work. And ultimately, Muse used a knife to remove it. Brand, Brandis apparently tried to eat some of his own penis raw, but could not because it was too tough, as you said. 
as he put it, chewy, in quotation marks. Muse then fried the penis in a pan with salt, pepper, wine, and garlic. Then he fried it with some of Brandis's fat. But by then, it was too burnt to be consumed. He then chopped the penis up into chunks and fed it to his dog, man's best friend. Apparently, they, they right, taped the whole thing. It just gets me a little teary-eyed. <laughs> they taped the whole thing. Like, like uh, court officials like had to watch the video of this going oh, down. Oh, so they did tape that part. Oh, okay, wow. <clears throat> yeah, this thing's crazy. <laughs> it's on Wikipedia if you want to look it up. Holy shit. No, yeah, but like... Uh, if the crime library is still around, <laughs> like go go in depth on it. Um, wow. But just today, I watched Fresh on Hulu uh, with Sebastian Stan, and um, yeah, I've heard that was pretty good too. They, they, yeah, I liked it. You know, a much different take. Um, I wouldn't say it's a spoiler because, like, all the advertising pretty much tells you that's involved in the plot. But you know, it's like internet dating and kind of. <laughs> The dangers and shittiness of that, and then of course it gets much shittier and dangerous uh, than you initially even uh, expected it. But yeah, it, I I really liked it. I I saw some reviews after I watched it that said they thought Sebastian Stan was kind of overacting, which I didn't get at all. Uh, I don't know this one. Uh, um. Yeah, I, I, it's a, it's a little more, it's stylized, a little more chase around. Let's find out what's happening. Let's find the bad guy. But uh, it has just a little dash of uh, black humor. It's not a horror comedy. It's not making fun of itself or acting like it's too good for anything. Um, yeah, it's just like a neat, athletic, fast-moving little chomper of a movie. <laughs> and just kind of comparing that uh, just the real life act of cannibalism was like this complex fraught thing. And then, you know, you'd see it in a completely made up movie and it's like almost sexy hmm. how they often they, uh-huh. it's portrayed. If they're not trying to go like full Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's like uh, a lot of object- objectification. Uh, so it was interesting. And I'm loving the Pam and Tommy show also on Hulu right now. Sebastian Stan is an incredible Tommy Lee. He just disappears into that. So, wow. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've heard that that show, he's like, he like everybody nails it. Yeah. No, the acting is incredible. Everybody showed up. Lily James, I, I know her from like a, baby driver in the cinderella live action remake she's british and she's a perfect pamela anderson she gets the voice down she looks like her pretty well and she just plays her as this like sweet person who's just trying to be kind of taken seriously and be loved in a world that does not want to give her that uh it's really good it's really it's really funny too so yeah check that so I guess this is me just recommending Cannibals and Sebastian Stan tonight. <laughs> That's kind of what's going on. You know, I would love to watch it, but I just don't watch TV. I so. have a hard time keeping track of streaming shit. No, I'm terrible at watching TV. That's a limited series. It's not a lot of episodes, and it's, it's like a, in my opinion, film quality. So. Oh, it's been updated. Yes, unlimited now. Woo! <laughs> yeah, it's, right. it's, it's, so, it's so weird. 
Well, I can uh, I can tag along on the whole body horror and a little bit of can- cannibalism um, with what stuff I've been uh, consuming. Um, there's a book. So I'm helping out a company called Encyclopocalypse Publications. It's a publisher. They do novelizations and horror stuff. And I'm kind of like going through their back catalog um, because just because just see what's what's been out there, you know, uh, and so I can like talk to people about it. But um, I'm listening to the audiobook of a book called Everyday Monsters, The Animus Chronicles. It's book one. And it's by a guy by the name of Christian Francis. And he wrote the Wishmaster novelization. And so I wanted to kind of read his original stuff. And uh, <clears throat> the, the problem with indie publishers is like not enough people are can are talking about them because you know trying to get the word out there is hard but this book is crazy so um i guess christian's um christian and then the owner uh mark allen miller used to work with clive barker and christian did a lot of design and and stuff like that a little bit of like writing um and then mark allen miller like helped run the company and and uh and do things like that and and um eventually started his own thing with Psychopocalypse. And uh, Christian has written quite a few things. He wrote the Titan Find uh, novelization as well. So I wanted to read like his original stuff. And this book is absolutely bonkers. I don't, I don't want to, I don't know how to explain it without giving too much away, but I'm just, I'm just going to set up the, the, how it sets up the whole story, right? The journey. So like any good kind of sci-fi fantasy horror there's a journey that that our main antagonist has to a protagonist protagonist has to go on and it opens with a guy by the name of Jaden gets a letter from uh, a guy by the name of Deacon and Jaden is a zombie <clears throat> so in this world monsters live with everyone some people are zombies some people are whatever there's shapeshifters all this kind of stuff they, but they all kind of live quietly and did not really mess up <clears throat> Uh, get in the way of humankind and they kind of you know keep their identities or what they are secret i guess for the most part but it seems like humans don't really care humans kind of know something's up anyway so so Jaden is a zombie <clears throat> he gets this letter he's kind of an odd job guy as well brad as you're talking about with the the book you know reckless um and so he oh, yeah. get, he gets this job he, get, he has a handler and he gets a job that he has to deliver a head and a flesh-bound book to something by the name of the order and um he so he takes the job he accepts it he ends up meeting this guy um uh, deacon sorbic and at, after accepting the job um deacon has one of his brute guys with him they're like frankensteins that kind of are his muscle right um has this brute guy named johnson rip deacon's head off and put the head, Deacon's head, in a bag with the flesh-bound book with an unknown language written in human blood, kind of like the Necronomicon, uh, to take it to the Order. And that's like that's the setup. That's literally like the first, like the prologue is an extended sequence of someone's head getting ripped off, and with zero explanation. And then now Jaden is tasked to bring this, you know, head in a bag which may or may not be alive still uh, to this some secret society. 
and the story goes <clears throat> from there. And um, what's great about Christian's writing is it's like it's extremely descriptive with all the grotesque, grotesque stuff that's going on. It reminds me of like you know, it reminds me of like if if like Nightbreed. It, it's like a it's like a humorous Clive Barker, where um, it's very descriptive with all the disgusting and and crazy parts. But there's also there's also like this dry British humor that goes along with it. And it's in it's weirdly hilarious at times, too. So I'm having a blast. Uh, Christian narrates the, the his own book and he's he's really good. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this is like a thing. I mean, I, you know. Um, I can't believe I haven't, haven't read it sooner, but it's something that I think people should check out if you like, you know, um, kind of uh, old old gods and monsters and, you know, a, a, a quest uh and insanely disgusting grotesque descriptions of body horror this is definitely for you um there's a creature called it's it called a moogle that uh that i'll let you if you want to, if you want to find out what a, what a moogle is in this book read it but but it's great like you know lord of the flies you know beelzebub is an, it, it makes an appearance and takes over a body and um, it's just, it's insane. I've never read anything like this. And, uh, it's, if you, if you like that kind of stuff, uh, it's definitely worth checking out really. What's, very it, what's well it called again? Everyday Monsters. There's a few books called Everyday Monsters, but this is by, by Christian Francis. So yeah. from Encyclopocalypse and this, so he has two books out it, with this world. And I, I don't know, he writes, they're all kind of self-contained so it's not like these crazy fantasy stories that kind of go on and on and on for like 10 books he really does a good job of kind of keeping these very much their own story but they are related um and he has a um he has like a short story novella that's in the same world that um uh, i can't remember the name of it off the top of my off the top of my head but it actually deals with like fatherhood and, and through through like a plague um and it's actually like it's really good too so um <clears throat> i'll put it in the the notes here but everyday monsters and uh this the follow-up is called um uh incubus the descent so so that's my little plug for there but yeah but the the uh, and you know the cannibalism comes into play where zombies if you're a zombie, you have you have to eat human flesh in order to kind of restore yourself to look human. Um, so if you uh -huh. don't, if you're someone who doesn't want to kill or eat flesh, um, you will start to decay over you time. Get real ugly. So that sounds really good, and I do want to know what a moogle is. So. <laughs> yep, it's pretty great. Uh, yeah, the description of the Moogle is great. It's so creative. I don't know. It's it's so creative. It's something that I wish it it, it seems like something that would be very hard to adapt, but I also want to see an adaptation of it. But just because it's very episodic, it could be a pretty great like HBO type series, but it would probably probably be pretty expensive. So. You're expensive. I know. So I mean I have I have been watching stuff too, but nothing uh no nothing with body horror or cannibalism. Um, wow. I watched, I watched the new Scream. Can we talk about the new Scream for a little bit? 
I mean, I guess so. Is that boring? Or is are, are people done with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think people are done with Scream. I mean, I think everybody's seen it. I, I think the majority it. of people were happy with it. You know, it's a little too late to talk Damn about it. Scream. Well, I, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, no, I did too. I thought it was great. I like, talked about a movie from 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, but we don't have to get into it, but I really liked it. Finally, I well, finally we could talk. It. I talk about zombies. Uh, I I picked <laughs> up um, one of my favorite uh, uh, German directors, Olaf Ettenbach's uh, Premutos, The Fallen Angel. Uh, uh, got a uh, Blu-ray oh, yeah. release from Unearthed. Um, so it's a film that I've loved for a very, very long time, um, even from the bootleg VHS that I received back when it first came out um and then it came out on dvd at some point i think i picked that up at virgin megastore when they were around um and it kind of really took me back it's you know i haven't seen it in a very long time but i watched it a lot uh when i first uh when i first you know saw it back on tape and i rewatched it a couple times it's very much into zombies (laughs) around that time of my life um you know anything with zombies i would pick up and watch and watch over and over again um and premutos really stood out because it 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 might have some the biggest body count with zombies uh, ever i mean it's 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 pretty it's pretty nasty and i mean the last like 20 minutes is just the slaughter of them in a basement killing as many zombies as they possibly can well, it's like biblical uh, levels of killing people, basically, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the, the the story is itself is is biblical. So, something I wasn't prepared for is uh, I I I heard that Unearth was doing the director's cut. I was like, oh shit, you know, cool. I've never even heard of a director's cut of this movie. Well, it was a director's cut of what he wanted to do, but was unable to do because of his budget. So. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's added to the film, uh, mainly in the uh, very beginning. There's like a, just a kind of the intro, a, a prologue of uh, kind of going back from ancient times of what is, you know, going going from these battles uh, and everything. And there's this narrator. He does a good job. Um, it definitely doesn't fit with the tone of the entire movie because, you know, it's an incredibly low budget shot on 16 millimeter uh kids making a movie and then this animation is you know obviously brand new with new technology um and then there's narration throughout the movie as well um which wasn't in there before so i wasn't really prepared for that and i was also showing this to a group of friends so when it very first started i was like "Ah, this is not premutos what the fuck (laughs) is this um however it's it's not like a a lucas thing where it kind of takes you out completely it's it's well done um honestly if you probably didn't know uh you may not pick up on it right away even though the technology obviously looks with the animation looks way way more far advanced than the shitty quality of not me knowing how to set up a scene and everything um you know Olaf Ettenbach started making movies when he was um oh my gosh I would say he was 16 when he did Black Mask and then he was like 18 or 19 when he did Burning Moon. And I think he was like 24 when he did Premutos. So, um, you know, and then he did Legion of 
the dead after after this which was his uh american film that he did and then he went back to germany and made more gore schlock um but anyways um you know it, it looks good i mean unearthed did a, a good job the movie still holds up um i watched it with a group of friends it's the first time i've ever watched this movie with people and i i didn't realize how funny it was and how ridiculous the movie is because I guess I was just so into it and I was, you know, not really laughing at times uh, when I probably should have been laughing or maybe it's just, you know, uh, I, I, Olaf Edenbach has a sense of humor absolutely in his films and it really shows. And I think maybe I was just too young to pick up on it, but the movie is really, really funny. It's gory as shit. The special effects. I mean, his special effects in his movies are very, very next level for what, he should be capable of but i mean he really kind of showed that in burning moon of what he's you know what he's capable of and that was also shot on video his two first two movies were shot on video this was shot you know uh on on film um and he's just you know he just wants to have good fun this is very much like if you're into metal and dungeons and dragons and horror this is perfect for, for for you and um just a really fun movie and like i said the the body count is tremendous they, they even have uh, a body count tally at the end of the movie <laughs> uh, and yeah. it's just for the final scene i think because it says like 139 <laughs> zombies That's uh but there's a lot more people that die in this movie than that because people are dying left and right and um exploding uh there's booger eating there is uh, uh, hardcore violence. There is gun gun battles. There's, I mean, it just every everything you could think of, and it's just like I said, it's just a really good time, and uh, hi- highly recommended. Um, and, and anything, honestly, a lot of Olaf Edenbog's movies, I would recommend for gore hounds um and you you don't even have to and when i say gore hounds it's not like you know your august underground people and slaughtered vomit dolls type people no this is very much kind of like what is that the fun kind of gore yeah yeah not the the, not the snuffy yeah Yeah, not the snuffy type stuff it's, it's very much on par with um I don't know, like stuff of Fulci and, 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 and things like that. It's, it's, it's not gratuitous. Um, it's more fun than anything. It, it very, very similar. It, I, when I screened it for friends last week, I, I brought up when we watched Leaf Yonkers darkness, it's very, very much in the same ballpark of kids making films on 16 millimeter and being the goriest motherfucker you can be. Um, which I, I think actually Leaf Yonkers Darkness might be gorier than Premutos, but um, you'd almost have to do a side by side. And if you haven't seen Leaf Yonkers Darkness, it's probably one of the best movies ever to exist in the entire world. Well, I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because you settled something for me because Unearthed was doing a sale recently and I was looking at that. I was like, this looks really interesting. I started looking everything up and but i was kind of on the fence about ordering it you settled it so thank you good good yeah no no i know that 
when, when you come to kind of the German and hardcore films like that, the, you know, the hardcore gore, um, it really goes the other way of just being gratuitous and yeah, to the point where it's yeah. not fun. <clears throat> You know, it's for those, and there's nothing wrong with the under, August Underground people. It's just, it's a different type of thing. Very specific vibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, that's a specific thing you have to be into. And there are some good ones. Like, I really like Found. I like Headless. Um, I like the one with, uh, what's her name? Christy. Um, shit. She wrote a piece for the site back in the day can't remember her name now i can't remember her last name way to go um, but i can't remember remember the name of the movie what <laughs> so way to go <laughs> yeah. hey, is Primutos? yeah yeah, they, yeah 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 I'll, I'll think of the, the movie in a little bit huh do they include the original version i of couldn't yeah, it says it, on it, the disc. it has oh well it says it should have the original version with english dub and original german language as an extra it. i guess Huh? So maybe it's on the other disc. Uh, yeah, oh, just, yeah, that's for the two discs extended. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I would have shown that instead. But honestly, like it didn't take much out of it, and the movie is very like <laughs> disjointed and unorganized. So it actually helped a little bit knowing <laughs> that this is a biblical thing that's happening. Uh, if you just watch the movie and it's a regular thing, you just think a bunch of people are going ape shit and just trying to fucking <laughs> kill each sometimes. other. But at least it gives some type pre- pre- prefaced by like, hey, this is a biblical thing. There's an angel that's that's fallen and it's premutos and blah, blah, blah. Uh, not that it really matters to this movie. I mean, it's just fun to watch people get annihilated. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, it's it, it's a good it's a good it's a good package. Like I said, the transfer is really good for, you know, kind of, I mean, I didn't expect much to be honest with you, just because I knew what this movie looked like. And I mean, shooting on film like that, when you're very inexperienced in a way, obviously your film quality is not going to be the best or your stock, Um, but it looks, it looks good. And it's very gritty. It's still really, really gritty, which I love. So awesome. But anyways, I, I can't remember the name of the movie that I'm trying to think of. And it's really good too. But I'm terrible. I'm a terrible <laughs> person. So but anybody else can talk too, or I can I I can talk about something else. <laughs> If you can segue into, because there's I still kind of segue, on the zombie thing. I, well, I can segue into animation. I got blurry all of a sudden on the camera. I can segue into animation. animation. Where are you going to get? Yeah, oh, because animation. Got animation it. Got stuff it. At the beginning. So um, I watched a film called Spine of, no, The Spine, spine of, of the Night. night. And, uh, spine that, of Night? The spine, or spine of the Night. I can't the remember. Spine of Night. Right, right, right. So okay. it's a it's a rotoscoped um, animated feature. Um, so they're trying to you know like uh, Fire and Ice, um, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, original yeah. Animated Lord of the Rings. So it's that animation style. Um, this like crazy brutal uh, like dark fantasy type story. And honestly, I watched it so late. I, I, the plot was lost on me because I, you know, I had, a, had, I'd had a couple drinks and just kind of just putting something on to watch it. 
Um, so I, I need to rewatch it to kind of re uh, center myself with the story itself. But I was just I was curious about the animation and because that was what drew me to it. Um, and it, the animation was OK. Like Rotoscope is, already has a weird vibe to it. Yeah. And like to me and this is just me being critical of the animation, like it's pretty it's insanely creative. And it, I immediately watched like the making of and it, it just seeing what they did and how they did it. This is just dudes that decided to like, well, we don't have a budget to do it to do a movie. Let's try it. Rotoscope animation and just rent a warehouse. And, but um, the animation is almost like a little too clean, too digital, if that makes any sense. Whereas like for me, like what I love about Fire and Ice and and even the, even though that Rotoscope quality is kind of just it's just different than standard animation. You can tell it was hand drawn. And I think this is hand drawn, but it's almost like like digitally painted so it's just a little too clean for my animation taste because i love original hand-drawn animation but um but i i mean if you haven't seen it if you're curious about it it is for sure something you definitely want to check out if you're interested in that stuff because the creativity on 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 this thing is just like remarkable and uh worth watching just for that i mean this is like like the direct the director you know, you like, trying to look up the name. You look up the name <clears throat> no, I can't think of his name. I can't. Uh, it's uh, Morgan, it did really Morgan well Gallen at uh, it did really well at festivals. I know that. And Philip, uh, yeah, I think Gillen. I saw it at uh, Fantasia Fest. Yeah, I think it was Fantasia. It played at Fantastic Fest. I know it played at Beyond Fest. Yeah, it, it made its festival run. I picked it up on 4K UHD. I just haven't watched it yet. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's totally worth checking out. Um, I haven't seen animation this creative and this dark and it's dark and it's brutal. And like, you know, I love that shit. Like, give me dark, brutal, R-rated animation, any team. That's not anime. You know, like, uh, like my yeah. kids are all in anime oh, right now. Anime and I'm like, there. you guys don't even know how cool anime used to be. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this was like a good kind of throwback. A throwback, but also with a modern, it did feel modern. But um, I you know, that's all I can say say about. It. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to give. I mean, pieces of talent. That's the movie I was trying to think of. The talent oh, okay. With Christy Ray. Nice. So, which I don't think is available because I think they did a self distribution thing on that, and mm-hmm. like now it's just like way out of print. But pieces of talent's a pretty fucking good movie. Um, but yeah, uh, I. I really love those types of um you almost call them like c-grade movies where it's like found and like headless and that type of thing where everything is just a super amateur production but it's done so well especially found if you haven't seen that i know that movie triggers a lot of people um but uh i think found's based off of a very independent comic book about a young kid who finds out his other brother, his older brother's a serial killer. Um, and so it's got a really neat concept. The acting is really wonky because it's a bunch of like locals and friends uh, making a movie together. But uh, if you do want to see something incredibly fucked up, uh, pick up found, but make sure you have the uncut version because the ending's a little bit different. <laughs> and um, I'll say I screened this movie for a bunch of friends at the marathon thing that I host uh, quarterly. 
And it was the first time I ever screened a movie and I had things thrown at me and said, fuck you, Brad, at the end of it, um, which is quite the accomplishment, <laughs> you know, if you can upset people that much. But uh, yeah, it's just it's a super fucked up movie. Headless is even worse. Uh, Headless isn't as good, but Headless is a movie that they watch in found. And then that movie, yeah. the, the movie within a movie got so much traction that they made it like a couple of years later. Um, and it's just overly fucking violent. And to the point where it's, it's just being violent for violence sake, but it's still well done around at, at times. It's just, it's not found. So highly recommend found though. If you want to get, fucked it looks up. like it's uncut on shutter right now. Really? So, wow. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Sean, I'm a little well, similar with you great. on <laughs> Spine of the Night. Um, I didn't grow up really liking those kinds of films and Rotoscope is very uh, touch or go with me, but it's yeah. really interesting. It, it's worth seeing just to see that kind of unique artistry still going on, even though it didn't completely work for me. It's one of those things you're like, oh, that's a me thing. <laughs> they did a great job. It's just a me thing. Yeah, and, that, and that's and that's kind of how I'm struggling with it because I'm like, I absolutely love what they put into it, like what they did artistically, like because it's not an easy thing. And um, but yeah, but it, yeah, it kind of that's why I want to watch it again because I feel like it fell flat in, in some areas. But I don't, but I didn't know if that was just because it was late and I wasn't paying attention or or what. But I mean. But yeah, the, the artistry on, on display for for people just to gather a bunch of friends together and, and local actors and stuff and kind of act through all this and then go and do the animation over it. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, but like, yeah, but rotoscoping has always kind of been weird anyway. You know, it's never I'm, I'm like, I've never like loved it, but I've always it's always intrigued me if that makes any sense. So mm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, definitely worth it, worth watching it. And I think you can, it's streaming. Is it? Is it streaming on Shutter? I think it's on Shutter. Yeah. Yeah, so you can check it out and in or this is like a Shutter, Shutter, Shutter Fest here. <laughs> it turned into it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, Shutter's yeah, doing the Shutter work, Fest. Though. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean they're great. I know that they have. Um, I think it comes out soon, but uh, we talked about on uh, the South by show was Deadstream. Uh, um, I know that's going to be out soon or is out, and that's uh, and that's really good. But yeah, I mean, Shutter's cool, cool because it's it's you know it's it's very well curated, but also has a variety, and you know, it's not a, just a plethora of 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 stuff. And I yeah. think that's what really turned me against streaming early on is just sitting down and there's just, it's just too much. And I think I mentioned this on the last show about like playlists. Like if someone wants to play music, don't play the fucking radio. Actually, I want to hear a playlist that you constructed, even if it's music I don't like. And I, that's the same that goes for like, uh, you know, uh, movies on a channel. I want to see something curated by people not just accepting bullshit after bullshit. I want to know, even if it's movies I don't like, 
I still want something that's curated. Yeah. You know, that's a great point. Cause yeah, there's so much out there. You, you almost really need that for it to even be functional, let alone uh, preferred. Um, I did just recently sign up for uh, the full moon features streaming. Oh, well, I mean, that's curated because that's. Yeah, it's very curated. Yeah. A bunch of little (laughs) things that go uh, run amok in the Charles Band mansions (laughs) in Charles Band's castle. How many movies are set in Charles Band's castle and how many things are little things attacking people. Well, I I think I tweeted a joke that uh, I was trying to crash the site by just typing in the word doll <laughs> into the search engine. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, actually, so I was wondering if you guys had any, like, since I'm on full moon features now, if you had any kind of lesser known recommendations they don't yeah, have tiki. like everything from empire or yeah. but yeah tiki's really good i think that might be a full moon movie is tiki on there that's I, I like that and i'm a huge fan i believe they're these are also yeah <laughs> no they have bikini uh, hotel that's what came up and no tiki <laughs> bikini hotel i don't <laughs> i don't remember that movie it's probably another title, but um, uh, what about Killjoy? Oh, the the clown one. Yeah, I'm I'm actually I got a big soft spot for the Killjoy. Movies. Yeah, they have all the Killjoys. So should I go on yeah. a marathon? Uh, I probably wouldn't do that. I would probably watch <laughs> them like like sporadically because I mean you can watch the first two Killjoy films like back to back because those are pretty good, and then um, kind of once uh, once. It's kind of funny because Trent Haga, who uh, directed um, uh, 68 mm-hmm. Kill and stuff, he's he actually Killjoy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he plays Killjoy. He doesn't play Killjoy in the first one. I think he plays like from the second and on. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, there's a few. There's a couple like later, like Killjoy goes to space and shit like that. And um, Is he like the Kane Hodder of the Killjoy series? Like he wasn't the first, but he's the one who's known for it now. Well, I think he, I, I think he started being Killjoy in the second one and then on. I don't think anybody else has played him other than Trent, but uh, it's just, he brings, a, he kind of brings a more comic gold side. He's almost like a Freddy Krueger type thing. Um, uh, to, okay. To it. And then, in, you know, the first couple of films, it's almost like kind of like, a, you know, a kind of like hood horror in a sense, like the first one. Um, and I thought that's kind of what they were going to go with the series for a little bit, kind of like, you know, Candyman Bones type thing. But um, they kind of went a different route, which I think they should have stu- stuck with the kind of the hood horror um, films, because, I mean, those are so like kind of vast in a way mm. that I just wish there was more yeah. of them. But I mean, I guess we have the great ones, That's you know, which, which is funny. I was talking about this the other day with, with some friends and um, you know, cause I have this thing where I, uh, you know, Wes Craven kind of shaped the industry three different times. Like with his films, he had three major films that impacted kind of the, the shift in horror and it's, you know, last house on the left, um, you know, nightmare on Elm street and, and, and scream. And, uh, you know, each film that came out, they like 
you saw like a shift in horror, like, you know, between copycats and inspiration and stuff like that. Um, and not too many filmmakers can do that once, let alone three times, you know, sometimes just twice, like, you know, Carpenter or something. Um, but in a way, like Wes Craven really kind of had the people under the stairs, which is kind of like a hood horror film, which kind of like almost put that on the map for other films to come out around that time. And uh, I think that's kind of remarkable because it was it was such a kind of a, a weird moment in in history that didn't last very long. But, you know, between like Tales from the Hood, Bones, you know, Leprechaun in the Hood and stuff like that, you know, th those films really had kind of a, um, a, a huge tonal shift with with series and, and films and. I, I don't know. I kind of miss that. I just, you know, we don't get, we don't get those anymore. That's true. You know, that, not that I've seen. I mean, there's a couple that come out that try to replicate it, but I don't know, like even tales from the hood too, like back to the hood or whatever it was called. Like that was just, I, it was not, not good. I know it they're felt making a pretty third disconnected from the kind of atmosphere that the original established. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think, kind of because the racial stuff was there but it was it was it was done in a very kind of um art you know it, it just wasn't it, i just feel like when you take an important topic such as you know abuse assault racism like it needs to be embedded into your story in, and yeah. into the point where it's there but it works as kind of your subconscious it's not like hey here's you know like tales from the hood too where it was just kind of blatant and it's just like i get what the message is i get what you're saying but i i wish it was done more like tales from the hood like the original um just because i think it's more impactful i i i just i i think that when you take something that's important topic that you you know you have anger you have you have this stuff you want to put in your movie and people have been doing it for years. They still do it. You know, you funnel it into your story and it works on your sub. I think it's much more impactful, much more memorable. And it makes the film drag out a few, a few more years as kind of a standalone and, and, and kind of an important like piece of yeah, cinema. Uh, but that's just my take. Time right? capsule for you sure. Know? Yeah. I just, I just think it is more meaningful. <laughs> When, when, when that happens um mm. but yeah i mean people under the stairs even though that's not in that kind of realm uh west craven did kind of like kind of have that um uh sean's got his dog on camera um <laughs> it west craven really kind of not i don't know necessarily say he helped because obviously these movies are kind of standing on their own and they probably would have been successful without people under the stairs but it's kind of funny to watch people under the stairs kind of be, be um, celebrated in the sense of it being kind of hood horror. Um, and it's not because it's a cast. It really does. It it's has to deal with um, like gentrification and, and, and things like that, which I think right. is, you know, pretty interesting at that time. This was made in fucking 91. Like, you 90. know, which is, it, it, yeah, yeah. 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 91. I think that's, yeah. yeah. I, um, yeah, I think we kind of like we, we we look at people under the stairs as something else, like a Wes Craven movie, and we have you know the mommy and daddy, 
you know, Everett McGill and um, can't remember uh, Wendy Robbie. Is that her name? Roby. Yeah. Roby. Yeah. Wendy Roby. And like, you know, that dynamic is great. And, you know, it's people trapped in a house, but it really has to deal a little bit more than that. Um, Which I think is, uh, which I think again is good because Wes Craven kind of, uh, you know, funnels that into his story is it works on multiple levels, even without maybe you knowing it at first. And I think that's the importance of those. But anyways. Yeah. Well, like Siskel and Ebert, when their show was going, they, they were famously not the biggest horror hounds out there, but whenever Wes Craven came out, they always seemed to give him a little bit more time to dissect his themes I've noticed. And I just thought that was really interesting. Even if they didn't end up loving the movie, they always picked him out to be more thoughtful than they were with other horror directors. And I always thought that was really interesting. And, um, Oh, yeah. And you reminded me of a Tales from the Crypt episode that came out a year before The People Under the Stairs called Fitting Punishment. It has um, Moses Gunn. It's the only one with an all African-American cast. And it it has kind of some of those uh, similar abusive family structure vibes to it. So that might be a good one for you to revisit. Yeah, I've been meaning to revisit that whole series um, because I was... I was uh, I was working, I think, at Specs um, at the time, which I'm not sure if Specs was Universal um, or like a big, I know not Universal, but a, a chain across America. But it was just kind of you know like a you know CD uh, DVD place, and eventually was bought out by Fye. Um, but yeah, I remember those coming out, the Tales from the Crypt like box, like little like one season, two season, three. And oh my gosh, when those things came out, I was so happy for about a week um, because I would I would uh, get like home from Blockbuster from working or because um, I think they started when I worked at Blockbuster and then I started working at FYE, like maybe during halfway through the seasons being released. But I would just like on my way home, I'd grab like Taco Bell and you know like midnights like watch three episodes of tales from the crypt because i used to watch it all the time on hbo um so it was really awesome when those started coming out but yeah i've been meaning to re-watch a lot of those because man there's some really really good tales from the crypt episodes yeah not all of them are are horror you know like like, i mean it is horror based yellow it's so a war kind of story yeah yeah i just i thought it was always an interesting structure to the show of it being so different and it wasn't the same thing being rehashed or like there's a slasher in the house you know there's a killer clown it wasn't about hey and sean the last episode was animated so that's something for everyone there you go (laughs) that's awesome uh, we do have to start wrapping up. I know I'm always the one looking at the time. <clears throat> okay. Wow. Is Sean breaking, breaking us down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to say, you know, I, I, you know, I got to talk to the kids. They just got there. You know, I got to, uh, you know. I gotta You're that, good, dad. We stuff. get it. Like, Are you going to show them a tale? You're an engaged parent. We know. Yeah. Uh, maybe shoot, maybe. I mean, my daughter's like a horror hound now, man. She's well. Like... The first episode is the uh all through the house, right? Stuff mm-hmm. is that the first episode? Yeah, we need. Oh, wait, to. no, the first episode is the prison uh guard with uh, William Sadler, right? Oh, I have no idea. I'm just like, oh, well, yeah, no, sure Steph, Steph's the tales from the crypt expert. 
I think the first episode is the William Sadler like wrong death or something, or he he's the executioner. He's the guy that pulls the lever and then he's gets committed for a crime. Yeah. He's the one yeah. The and fair. all through the house is a second. There's only six oh, episodes okay. in the first season. So yeah. it is a good like introduction. I need to. I mean, she's like, man, like, I mean, she had, she had one of her friends over the day cause they're on spring break and they were watching Sweeney Todd. But um, I mean, She's like always perusing my the voodoo account late at night. So I have no idea and shudder. So I have no idea what she's discovering. <laughs> there, there's gotta she be things watch like, found. <laughs> I mean, I, she's like 16. So I'm like, you know, like knock yourself out, discover shit. Like that's what and, and yeah, don't tell no, me about I mean, it. That's yeah, what's great. if you know if you know, I mean, there there are some you know weird things out there, but yeah. Um, nah, yeah, I mean, I was, pretty watching, good. I was watching super fucked up shit at like 13. I mean, she's got old. a pretty good head on her shoulder. She likes she's more into like kind of monsters and like she loves it. Scary clowns like, you know, stuff like that. So she's kind of finding her way through horror, which is which is pretty awesome. So, yeah, I mean, at least with online, you know, with with streaming services, they have, you know, that that barrier, you know, because when I was younger, um, I'm not sure if I ever told this story on the screencast, but um, we would go. I know I've told this story spending the summers like in Ohio going to video time, <laughs> and I was allowed to rent whatever I wanted. Well, I remember renting this movie called Midnight Intruders, and um, it was like you know, there's a guy crawling through the house and it had like this bloody knife on the front. And I'm like, oh, cool, like slasher middle of the night guy coming in and it's this like weird like soft core pseudo hardcore like uh home invasion assault movie and oh my god dude i was yeah like, when she said the title i was like oh no i was like uh boy like i should not be watching this and i mean probably it really explains a lot um, but it was directed by Gary Graver. So if anybody knows that name, that's who directed it. Um, and then I, I recently rewatched it like uh, like a couple couple months ago. And, um, you know, because I, I it was a lot worse in my head, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I still watched it. And I was like, this isn't as bad, but there's no way a 12 year old boy should be watching this <laughs> shit. You know, it was super fucked up. But I mean, at least like with now with kids like that can't really happen, you know, um, just even like on YouTube, they don't allow, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So um, if, I, if I wanted to, I could totally log into this, the shutter account and see what's been watched or the voodoo account kind of see. And, yeah. Know, but I mean, nothing's going to be on there. That's going to be like detrimental aside. Like, so I, I'm going to be checking it out. After this. Well, I mean, if if found is on shutter with the ending that is crazy to me <laughs> but maybe it's just me like i maybe i think it's worse than it actually is i don't, I don't know which it's one just, is, that? is that the the two uh, the 2012 one that sounds about right yeah like the brother and yeah okay yeah 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I, I the poster looks familiar. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, he's got like the is the poster like he has got the gas mask on. Yeah, some good abs yeah. though. Holding huh? head. Some pretty decent abs though. The guy works out. Yeah, that's not what the kid looks like in the movie. Uh, <laughs> but it, you know, some intern um, making a poster. 
but yeah i mean that's I, yeah because i think like accelerator media put that out because that's 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 when it was home video uh, initially it was released yeah. on home video on dvd by like accelerator media when they were around um but they cut the movie to shit and the only way that's to see right. it was um you know from the director you know scott schreimer who who was selling the dvd himself um okay. So it was it was kind of rare to find at one point. And then, um, yeah, it's like, I mean, that's great that it's uncut. But, man, some people are going to be like be upset because, you know, I to me, I don't think that movie is very, very tame at all. I think it's pretty, pretty rough. But I don't know. But one can... star, one star review letterbox. Sean, are you ready for that? What? No, no. Do I got to? Yeah, because that was going to be our thing. That's that's that we can't introduce something like that. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to do a bunch. You just pick one, and you can pick one for Steph. I don't give star rankings to things. That doesn't work for me. Oh, I just have a quick question while Sean's looking. Did are you trolling me by wa- uh, watching Dracula Two Ascension, Brad? <laughs> No, no. Because I watched that like three days before you did very randomly. And then I saw that you watched it. I'm like, oh, no, I no. I, I, I rewatched the first one. Um, Dracula 2000. Yeah, not too long ago. And I was like, oh, Speaking I Speaking of seen... filmed in Romanian, Wes Craven, see everything connects. Yeah, there we All go. Right. There we one go. One star reviews. Here we go. I mean, some of these it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I love how they blur out some of the ones that are obviously like skin and max type stuff. So funny. Okay, let's see. Brad's one star reviews. Tear them apart, Sean. No mercy. Well, I'm looking at half of these. I'm like, okay. Oh, no, don't agree with them. Wait, alien from <laughs> LA? Brad! <gasps> Brad! You can't give Alien from L.A. <laughs> one star because that's a vinegar such a release. I've been exposed. I've been exposed. <laughs> I don't like that movie at all. <laughs> well, I've, I've been very honest about that in the past. I don't think I mean, everything, it's, you know, we release is great. I'm not going to I'm not going to like I, I stand behind the quality that we do and the work that goes into every release. I stand behind that, but I can't stand behind every film because not all of them are good. <laughs> Well, Kathy that's Ireland's also not the pretty. point. Kathy Ireland's pretty, but pretty bad in it. Especially oh, with, come on. Especially the way she talks. Like, she's I'm like, wow. Um, I mean, but I had fun watching it. But but one star, Brad. Yeah, it, I think it's pretty awful. <laughs> okay, so Brad's on the side of Mystery Science Theater when they did it. Okay. Not fans. Well, I got uh, one for you, Sean. Oh, shit. Are you perusing <gasps> yes. mine? Yeah, I, I need to update that shit. Turn you don't have <laughs> too many half. You don't have too many half stars. You actually have only two films that are half stars. Well, half, yeah, half's pretty bad. You know. Yeah, and I, I, I do. I have to stand up for this movie, even though it is terrible. It's not <laughs> a half star. Is Mister Hubie Halloween? Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. Because I even hated that movie, that movie. Even though it's terrible, oh. that is a fun Halloween movie for oh. what it is. It's you know what? I would give it an entire star because <laughs> it is like Halloween visual porn. Like mm. it is the most autumnal 
like that's what I want Hall- Halloween day to look like. Like it looks yeah. like the fantasy of a Halloween day. Okay. But that's it's, it's all I have to say for that movie. You know what's yeah. funny with that movie? We so we're like, you know, it was family movie time. It was around Halloween, and we're like, and and I was like, well, let's find something Halloween. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I heard this is pretty good. Surprisingly, I heard. So I was like, let's watch this everyone hated it everyone was all looking at me like i was the asshole that recommended <laughs> like you know, i wanted movie. to make the family happy. even the nine-year-old he's like you gotta Dad. be careful of sandler man i'm telling you oh so i'm like so that's probably the half star is like fuck this movie because it made me look like look like a jerk so that's supposed to be the movie uh, guy in the okay. family <laughs> Oh shit! That's I'm glad we're getting it. behind the psychology of these. Yeah, I, we got to find one for Stephanie here. I I don't give star rankings anymore. So okay, well at okay. all? No, it, it's not a system my brain has ever really mm. read with for the okay. most part. I'm, right. I'm, I'm I'm looking just in case. <laughs> okay. I'm looking. I'm looking just in case. All right. I like everything. That's my problem. Well, you only have one movie at a half star. What is it? Teenage <laughs> Tramp. I don't even know. I'm I'm sure it's like an exploitation film, right? Yeah. Did I say anything or just give it a half star? Nope, just a half star. Wow. I tried looking up Teenage Tramp and Teenage Trampoline Park came up. Yeah, yeah that, um, that's that's oh, a search I, term you want okay, to Okay, I actually with. have a good one. I have a good one. I have a good one. Reading the reading of Teenage Tramp, reading the synopsis gives you all you need to know, and we're not even gonna get into it. Yeah, it's probably that's <laughs> a sleazy ass night to seventies film. Um, all right. I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little upset. Um Are we doing back to me? No, no, this is Stephanie. Because oh. <laughs> she she's the only one that hasn't like had a uh and I I really want to know, even though this is your review. Not unwatchable, but wow. Carpenter must have been sleepy. Also, hasn't Laura Palmer been through enough? John Carpenter's Vampires, two stars. Oh! Yeah, no, it hurts me more than anyone. <laughs> I love John Carpenter. I, I rewatched it. Like, no, I must have been in a bad mood the first time I watched it. And I put it on again. I'm like, God damn it, this movie puts me in the worst mood. Like it's so parallel to everything I love, but just drives past it and like gives it the finger and then just keeps on going. And yeah. Is it because of the overacting between Baldwin and Woods? I mean, it doesn't help, but I just, I don't know. That thing just never locks in a place for me. Because I know, I know that's the problem with certain people is, is kind of the Woods and Baldwin's performance in it. Um, which is, is funny because the best performance is the guy that didn't act that much was Thomas Ian Griffin as Valak. Um, but I don't know, like I, there's a lot that I love about vampires. Um, I've watched it quite a few times. Um, but I, I, I can understand, I guess. I just I just wanted to hear the two star. You know, what's really good. Uh, Stephanie, have you read the book that it's based off of? I have not. That... Vampire money sign. That the by John Stakely, that is it's really good. Okay, yeah, no, it's actually it's actually a really good book, and it's it's okay, it's, cool. it's very different, way different. Okay, it's no, really I'll check good. that out then. Yeah, but it, it's vampire money symbol, vampire money symbol. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good to know. All right, well, uh, this has been fun, everybody. I'm I'm glad we're uh, we're doing this again. So, 
if you're listening, if you're one of the few people that are finally listening again, if you didn't delete Screamcast from your uh, from your podcast I did. app, thank you. Uh, and, uh, and and if you're listening, tell everyone else we're we're back. Just tell people that oh hey, Screamcast is back. They're talking about movies. So uh, anyway, you can follow yeah, us uh, on on Twitter. Brad F Henderson is Brad. Sean narrates is me, and Scrawfish is Stephanie. And then go to uh, the Screamcast. I don't know our website anymore. Is it thescreamcast.com? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the screencast.com is the website. Is the, I haven't updated that thing in uh, a year. I'm lucky we're lucky it still can post shit because I haven't updated that thing at all. So that's next on the agenda. So, all right. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time we decide to do this. Bye. Cool. Bye. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun. <laughs> <laughs>